Okay, I'm going to do my best right now to just on command, impromptu, give you a golden opportunity for sass. Okay. How do you feel about me as your husband? You're all right. That's the best you got? That was weak sauce. Maybe so. Okay, well, you got to step it up. I know. Your sass level is here. I'm going to need you to raise the bar, okay? I don't think you'll ever say that to me ever again. That's true. Most of the time I'm complaining about too much sass during podcasting. Yes. But now I feel like you're just being a little bit too nonchalant about the chemistry between us when really you should be a little bit spicy. What chemistry? There it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's our cold open. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Josh. That's Sydney. We're your hosts. Thanks for participating in the podcast where we, husband and wife, introduce each other to things that the other person has never experienced before. Wow, you really went for the speed on that one. Y- you have to when 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 uh when the the, the 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 episode is this important. The stakes are high. Okay. I was not aware of this. Oh, I'm sorry. I uh, should have given you the memo. Yeah, that's your bad for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, in case you were listening to this podcast at two times speed and didn't get what I said in the intro. I'm Josh. My wife, Sydney, who is joining me tonight, are the hosts of this podcast. And uh, we're really excited about this episode because we are going to be talking about our recent trip to New York City that we just got back from last week. So for those of you who don't know, Josh and I met in New York City while we were both living there. And And, so it's that was about four years ago. And so it's a very special place to us. And someplace that we haven't gone back to together since we moved back to Utah. Right. Sydney went back with her mom in the summer of 2019. I haven't been back since um, since moving from New York at all. And then it was our first, my first time back since then, and our first time back together. And so it was a it was a great trip. We, we've been looking forward to it all year. Unfortunately, it got cut short uh, a couple of days because of some flights that had to be rescheduled. Yeah, but you can, we still uh... crammed in as much as we could into the. What was it, four or five days that we were there? Yeah, you can uh, thank uh, the intense program I'm in at school for that. Yeah, but we, so for the podcast, we we kind of took a month off for September just because we hit school. We both started school again. Uh, we both started new jobs again, similar to around this time last year. And so we've been really, really busy with school. We took a break for a month from the podcast. And now, from now until the spring, we will be releasing episodes every other week. At least that's what we are aiming for. We have episodes scheduled currently through March, and we're going to do our best to stick to that schedule. But as usual, there may be necessity for some wiggle room. So we're calling this uh, season three now. (laughs) Or I was even thinking this is like the in-between season two and three, like the holiday specials. And uh, (laughs) and then when we go uh, weekly episodes... Uh, next spring and summer, that will be season three. This is season two and a half. All right. I can go for that. Sweet. <laughs> I think that's, we don't really have a lot of uh, housekeeping business at the top. We don't have any new reviews. So make sure if you're listening, uh, if you're an Apple podcast or if you listen to your podcast on Apple podcast, I'm talking to you specifically. Before you listen to the rest of the show, take two minutes and go write us a review and we will shout you out on our next episode. I promise. So if you like podcast shout outs, go write us a review. If you don't like podcast shout outs, but you like to listen to our show, go write us a review. All right, let's get into it. All right. So 
The reason why we ended up booking this trip in the first place is because I found really cheap flights. But with really cheap flights comes really long layovers. That is true. (laughs) So we had a six-hour layover. Lucky for us, it happened to be in the same city where our friends live. Friends of the pod, actually. Yes. (laughs) Castian and Laurel, who were the guests on our last episode when we talked about true crime with them. And it just so happened that we that they're down in Arizona and we had a six hour layover. And so we texted them the day of our flight and we were just like, hey, we're going to be chilling out for several hours. And they invited us to dinner. And that was super fun. Yeah, it was good to see them again. Uh, They moved away and it's well, first of all, we didn't get together as much as I would have liked to (laughs) while while they they were were living up here, living closer by. Yeah. Yeah. But now they're not here. And so that's kind of sad. But yeah, this trip, as well as our Nashville trip um, from August, were both booked because Sydney randomly happened across really cheap flights. Um, but we learned our lesson as you, <laughs> if you've listened to our Nashville episode, you might remember that we got to Nashville and then really had no idea what we were going to do while we were there. That we booked it because there were cheap flights. We didn't really know what to expect. We didn't put in a ton of scheduling or planning for events during the during our time there beforehand so we spent like our first night in nashville but we learned our lesson so we planned an itinerary for new york the night before our flight instead of the night after our flight was it the night before i felt like we planned the week before i thought we did really good at planning this time around let me look because i emailed you the itinerary that night after we i made it on a little google sheets or excel and then i emailed it to you let's see i sent you on September 18th. When was our flight? Um, the 20th. Yeah. So two days. Yep. Yeah, we did pretty good this time. hey oh, And we actually did really good at sticking to our itinerary. There was some uh, things that we switched around or changed, but like for the most part, we did really good at it. Yeah, that's true. So we flew in, like we did a red-eye flight, and we flew in while it was still dark in the morning, and oh my gosh, watching the city and all the lights... As we were flying in was so incredible. You took really cool pictures of where it's everything's black and you can s- just make out the outline of Manhattan and the Bronx and Central Long Park Island. and yeah. And you could only make them out based on where there was and was not light from. Right. So that was really, really cool kind of picture that I'd never like. It's a view of, you know, where we lived that I'd never seen before. Right. Oh, man, I miss living there so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was like emotional going back because um, New York is a very special place to me. There were a lot of things that happened there that like have shaped me into the person I am today, even outside of meeting Josh. The period that I spent living in New York was like a very important period in my life and growing into the person that I am and like becoming the person I want to be. And it's just like such a special, like even sacred uh, place to me. Um, And so going back was just like very emotional, but also very exciting. And I was glad to be back. Also, we had before our trip, you know, in the past several years, we've talked off and on about potentially moving to New York City after we finished school. And I think when we were dating and first married, we were both kind of open to the idea, but not necessarily like planning on it. But I think recently and especially on the trip and after it's it's right up there with one of like our top choices of cities to move to. Right. I think, I mean, we've always been big city people. And so we're definitely going to move somewhere bigger than Salt Lake City. But um, yeah, going back, it was just like, man, it's really good to be here again. Like, 
I don't want to leave. <laughs> Do you know what it felt like when you and I were in New York to me? What? It felt like we were The Rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> but but I'm The Rock. Okay, sure. Because you're buff. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so um, we flew into JFK and we took the air train in. And there were these guys. Sorry, I interrupted you. But like the whole time we were walking to the air train and then on the air train. Yeah. These guys were like walking by us. Yeah. And I just remember like eavesdropping like when we were buying, like when we were in the air train and specifically like, because you have to pay to get out of the air train because you don't like buy your ticket in JFK. And so as we were like standing in line to get a Metro card to get out, I just remember hearing them talk. And there was this one guy who had clearly just flown in and he was coming for like the day or like a very short period of time. And it seemed to be work related. Um, and the other guy seemed to be someone that lived here and was kind of showing the guy around and was like appointed by work or school or whatever program it was that like brought him here. Except he also- To like mentor him. He was like living in New York, but had only lived there for a short time because he was, I heard him say that he was from LA. Oh, okay. So um, he was one of those people that's like, I've lived in New York for like- a short period of time, I obviously know everything about living there now. Which we we know nothing about that. Like right. that is, yeah, we never had that attitude while we were living there at all. Yeah, like, <laughs> right? We uh we are not guilty of this attitude at all. But um, anyways, he was just trying to like show off his knowledge to the guy, and he's just being so obnoxious the whole time, and he's just being like such a know it all. And at one point, he turns to him and he's like, "You know, we're kind of like." The Rock and like Kevin Hart and I'm The Rock and it's like some scrawny ass white dude. <laughs> hopefully, like, the most hopefully he's not listening to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the most average dude I have ever seen. Like, but then the the rest of the trip we kept finding ways to quote that to each other in a surprising way where we'd like lead up to something and then even since then I I would. Uh, I've caught you like a couple times where I'd be like, okay, Sydney, like I have a serious question to, or I have something serious I need to like tell you. We're like the rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always the rock. So. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> like I, I can't argue with that, honestly. And you're Kevin Hart. Yeah. I have no real basis for that. Because you're my rock Aww. and I'm in your heart. <laughs> I have no basis for that, except I can be meaner than Josh. And so maybe more intimidating. No, but... because you... Like, I'm, you can beat me up. That sounds really bad when you say it like that. I don't beat you up. Not that you do beat me <laughs> up, but you are capable of. Like, I'm, we used to wrestle a lot and I, I'm just too scared to because you like put me in my place too many times. Well, I took a self-defense class, so clearly I'm an expert. Yeah. Um, Jiu-jitsu and all that stuff. So, I mean, really. And I'm the all... other scrawny ass white boy, so. <laughs> Really, the big takeaway from my self-defense class was go for the balls, so. <laughs> <laughs> Gouge the eyes out, grab yeah. the scrotum. Basically, yeah. Break the wrist, walk away. Break the wrist, walk away. <laughs> so we took the air train um, to Queens, took the subway into Manhattan. Uh, our hotel was in Midtown. And we realized after we dropped off our luggage that neither of us had slept in over 24 hours, really, because... All of Tuesday was travel day. We had to leave home, uh, you know, late morning um, to Salt Lake, the Salt Lake Airport, flying into Phoenix at our layover, and then had the red-eye flight, and then traveling to our hotel. So by Wednesday morning, we really hadn't slept at all. I think you had got a couple hours, maybe. 
um, on the red eye flight. I got like four-ish hours on the flight. Okay, so that's pretty decent. I slept through the whole medical emergency and everything, so, you know. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Where, like, that was the first time I'd ever been on a flight where they had to ask over the intercom, is there a doctor on board? And then they wouldn't let us deplane um, because there were EMTs at the gate that had to rush onto the plane. Yeah, and luckily the guy was fine. Didn't seem too serious, which was good. But yeah, we get to we hadn't slept really. I think I think you had slept a little bit more than me, and so we get to the hotel, and I was exhausted, and we had a full day planned, and so and you had some homework to catch up on that was due like at noon or something, and so I took a nap. You finished homework, and then I went and grabbed bagels from Dwayne Reed, and uh, and then I think we were set to go. Yeah, I think we we went to, you used to live in Queens, and so we went out to Queens and kind of walked around. Um, in Flushing. Yeah, where you used to live, and um, so that was kind of, that was fun. I'll let you talk about it since it was, you know, your area. Yeah, so that was, you know, the first place that I lived in in New York City was in Flushing, and and when people when people asked us, like, what we were planning on doing in New York or what we were excited to do, it was it was mostly food related. Like even when we were planning, the, most of the stuff that we wanted to do was go back and eat at places that we uh, ate at a lot of the time in New York that we missed. Uh, and then yes. we had to like, so we like planned out like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then we had to like <laughs> fill in the times in between of, okay, well, these uh, this food is in this location. What's something around there that we can do or would like to do? And Yeah, I feel like we like filled in all of our meals and then we're like, we have all these holes of like times to do things what should we do with that time right um and so specifically in flushing there's a halal cart on northern boulevard and parsons at that intersection Uh, it used to be in front of a mcdonald's and across the street from a bank of america but now they've torn down the bank of america and the mcdonald's they turned it into a starbucks right before i uh moved and then we went back and it was like some something all together different like some tax service or something um but i we ate we ate at this halal cart at least twice a week. It was so good. And the the guy who owned it uh, became really good friends of ours. And he attended a mosque that was just down the street from the church that I went to. And we uh, one of the coolest experiences I had while living in Flushing was he invited me and a couple of my friends to the mosque to break Ramadan um, with him. And it was my first time ever, you know, participating or, or anything in it. Um, Islamic service, but I was just so impressed by how welcoming and how accommodating and friendly everyone there was. When we walked in, they asked like, who in here has the best English? And they had him come sit down in the back with us. And he explained and interpreted everything that was happening um, during the service. And they gave us um, a small bottle of water and a date. And then at, at certain times during the service, you eat the date and you drink the water to symbolize, you know, breaking the fast. And then afterwards, we all went in the basement and there was a huge feast. And they sat, me and my friends, like in the front of the room next to the clerical leader of the mosque, which just was like, you know, crazy that they, but they just like treated us as such like respected guests. And it was just one of the coolest things. That's so awesome. But anyway, that was one of the things that I was most excited about going back to New York was to go back to their halal stand. Okay. I will say, so... We lived in two different areas, and the people that I was around had this halal cart on the Upper West Side that they were like, this is it. 
this is the halal cart. This is the best halal in New York City. And then when I kind of met you and the people that you spent time with, you guys were like, nah, it's the one in Flushing. And I Hands was like, down. <laughs> I was like, it, no, it can't no be better. Argument. Can't be better than the one it, on the Upper West Side. Um, It is. It is better than the one on the Upper West Thank Side. You. you were right. It was the best halal I've ever had in my life. So when we when we went back, um, we that was the first thing we did after we dropped our bags off at the hotel is we took the train um, out to Flushing and headed straight to the halal cart. And um, it was um, it was a different guy. The halal cart was still in the same place, but it was a different guy inside, which was a little bit upsetting because the guy that I was friends with, he always hooked me up with extras. Oh. Like he would he would cram as much as he could in the plate and then put like extra like pita bread on top and, and I don't think we needed extras though I was yeah, already it's still so rolling much food. yeah yeah but we um we grabbed the food and we grabbed some drinks from Rite Aid that was just a couple blocks away and then I took you to Bound Park which was uh this really really beautiful kind of city center park uh next to a museum. That is the John Bowne home. Um, I think John Bowne, he was either the mayor or, or you know, a city leader in the 1600s, I want to say. And during a time of great persecution for Quakers in, I guess, New England areas. Um, I don't know if, that, if, if at that time it was um, Dutch or English um, people living in that area. But anyway, he kind of wrote a manifesto prohibiting the persecution of Quakers and it was one of the first pieces of religious freedom ever like religious freedom legislation ever in uh, uh the Americas huh. and so it's like really significant and they turned his home into a a museum um but that was a that was an area that I spent a lot of time in when I was living in there and we just took our um halal to the park and sat there and enjoyed the ambiance and just kind of reveling and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're back here. And and then we went and we ran around, um, what's it called? What's that park called? Corona Park. Oh yeah, Corona Park. Um, the one from Iron Man 2 or 3? Three? 3? 2. Iron Man 2, right? Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, it's also like, from Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I don't remember that one as well. Um, it shows Captain America, the Winter Sh- Soldier, shows the Stark Expo where Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes go and... Uh, Howard Stark is like showing the flying car prototype. Oh, okay. And then in Iron Man 2, I guess it's it would be the 70th anniversary Stark Expo or something. Right. And that's the one where they're doing it under like the Corona, like... The New York State Pavilion. Yeah, the New York State Pavilion, which is actually super dumpy in real life. Yeah, they haven't done like, anything with it since the 60s for the World's Fair. It, yeah, it looks like they're fixing it up now. And so hopefully it'll like look cooler. But like it was like pretty rusty and run down. And I was like, this is this is it. Woo. <laughs> but like the other everywhere else in the park was still like really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, going, you know, taking pictures by the, the Unisphere fountain. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And the the statue of George Washington in his Freemasonry attire. Yes. Yeah. And overall, like, you know, it's another really big park in the middle of a very urban area. And it was, you know, pretty fun. We got hot pot that night. It's bigger than we realized that it's Flushing Meadows Park is bigger than Central Park, right? Yeah. There's actually like several parks that are bigger than Central Park. That you wouldn't think. In New York City. Yeah. I don't even think it's in the top five, right? Um... Let me look this up again. <laughs> I can't remember. I remember like Prospect Park was up there. Flushing Meadows Park was up there. Yeah, I think a lot of And then of like them one in the Bronx and 
uh, one in Staten Island. Couple in the Bronx, actually. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Central Park is number five. So gotcha. barely in the top five, but it's Pelham Bay in Bronx, Greenbelt in Staten Island, Van Cortland in the Bronx, and then Flushing Meadows, and then Central Park. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. So we we originally planned on getting to Flushing a little bit earlier than we did, and having hot pot for lunch, and then spending some more time there, and then eventually having, I mean, did I say hot pot? I meant having halal for lunch, and then spending some more time, and then having halal for dinner, and then hitting Corona Park on our way back to Manhattan. But we kind of ran out of things to do in Flushing. Yeah, I worked out the way it needed to. So we headed back to, or then we you know, took the train to Metzwillet's Point um, and hit Flushing Meadows Park. But then we got really hungry for dinner. And so then we took the train back to Main Street, uh, Flushing, to have Hot Pot. Right. And then after, we headed back towards Manhattan. Yep. And I have wanted to see Hades Town since I moved from New York. It actually premiered on Broadway the day that I moved back to Utah. And it is something that I've wanted to see for a long time. I love the music. I've been obsessed with it. And so that was like when we booked the flights to New York City, the next thing I did was book tickets to Hades Town. And so we went and saw it that night. And I'm so glad we did. It was still most of the original cast. There was even Oblazada, Reeve Carney, and Patrick Page. Patrick Page, who were still there from the original cast. And like Patrick Page and Eva Noblezada, I am obsessed with them. I love them. I think they're so great in their roles. And Reeve Carney is great too. And then um, Jewel Blackman took over for Persephone. And Lilias White took over for Hermes. And I thought... Like just before we got there, right? Yeah, it was like a week. And I almost thought they did better than the people in the original cast, even though, like, the original cast did a great job. Um, But, like, oh, my gosh, Lilias White as Hermes was incredible. Just blew my mind. I loved her. I was really nervous to see it because typically it's hard for me to listen to new, unfamiliar music, especially, you know, a musical that's an hour and a half, two hours or more of... This one was almost three of like all songs that you that you don't know and and especially if you're trying to listen to it and he- hearing new music l- trying to understand what the lyrics are trying to understand what the story of the the show is I was really nervous and um when we first booked the tickets um the next couple of days you showed me some of the songs only like two or three and then I think I followed the show on TikTok and saw a little bit more before we went, but still, like even sitting down, I was like, I don't feel like I prepared enough to like be familiar enough to enjoy what's about to happen on stage. But like two minutes into the start, a couple of lines into the opening number, I got so like overwhelmed, not overwhelmed, but overcome with like emotion. Like, and I was, my, I, my eyes watered up and I had tears down my cheeks and I was, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing and what I was hearing. And my eyes, like, I did not stop crying until intermission. Like, every single number just blew me away. I can confirm that this is, in fact, true. And so the the house lights come on at intermission. Everybody stands up and Sid looks at me and she's like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Do we need to, like, leave? And I was like, I love this so much. <laughs> well, okay, I was so nervous to take you to this because I feel like 75% of the time when I love something and I'm really excited to share it with you, you're like, eh. That was okay, or uh, it sucked, or it's not as great as you think it is. And so what? I was like, "When have I ever said that?" Okay, um, 
Indigo Girls, the uh uh Chao Fan place in Manhattan. Uh just to name a couple. Okay. That's but fair. there have been a lot more. So I was like really nervous because I was like, oh man, I don't want him to rain on this parade. Um and so like in the first number I'm turning over just to see like what he's thinking because I'm like so nervous. And like it is very folk rocky. It's like somewhere in between like folk rock and jazz. Like some of their songs lean more one way, some lean more another. Um and like especially like there's one song, Why Do We Build the Wall, that reminds me a lot of like the Indigo Girls style. And Josh is not a fan of them, and I'm a huge fan. And so I was like really worried that he wouldn't like this play because of the music. Um, because of it's a little more folk rocky than anything you're gonna see on Broadway. But I'm really glad that that you did because it is something I've been obsessed with uh, for a while. And it's just like, it's kind of sad. Like when I show you something and you're just like, eh, that's not like as great as you think it is. And it's like disappointing, but. I don't think it's 75% of the time. I feel like it is. Because I was thinking like, how many movies have you showed me? And like, even on this podcast, how many things have we introduced? Have you introduced me to? I feel like the only thing that I didn't immediately love was Sharknado. Okay, but that's just like strictly speaking with the podcast. Like I feel like Well, I mean like everything else that we've like seen, I think. I don't know. I feel like I've been like disappointed like more times than that. And I would have to like go back and think. But there have been like multiple times where I like show you something and it's like something that was like really like special to me and then you're just like, eh, that was okay, you know? Oh, that breaks my heart. I'm sorry. That's okay. But you're right, like the Indigo Girls, I just, like, you've tried a, a ton of times to, like, play, like, music for me and help me get into it. And I just, like, can't really get into it. And Which I will never understand because they are beautiful lyricists. They are so talented. I've seen them multiple times live. And I will still, I'm dragging you to a concert whether you like it or not. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just, like, I'm really glad that you liked it. I think we both came out of that play going, oh my word like that was just like a next level experience yeah i walked out of that walked out of the theater that night and i was like we either need to come back to new york immediately just so i can see this show again (laughs) or they need to put like a pro shot or recording on disney plus like they did with hamilton like right away uh because i wanted to watch the choreography and the um the blocking and like the the set elements of each piece in the the musical over and over and over again like it was just it was just one of those things that like ticked all of the the neurodivergent parts of my brain in just the right way where i just want to like watch it over and 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 over again yeah i like came back and i was like i need to go back and see that again um i mean we need to go back to new york soon anyway because we didn't get to like go back and talk to any of the people that we knew from new york which was like a bummer because it was like only a couple of days that we were there um and so i'd like to go back and see them but i also like i want to take my sisters with us to like see that musical and like i I just want to see it again and like share it with everyone and we even like after the the show we thought because that was the only show that we planned on seeing and we thought okay we need to go to another musical while we're here before we go home and we even said if it's just seeing hades town again that would be awesome. Yeah. So we even considered just seeing it a second time while we were there before we came home. That's how good it was. Yeah. Like if you are in New York City and you are looking for a Broadway show to see, go see that one because it is 
so incredible. Like I just, I walked out of that and for the next week I was just still like, I can't believe how amazing that show was. Especially now that Phantom is... uh, Is closing. It's either closing or it already is closed. It's closing in February. Now it's like Hadestown is like the number one that you have to see. Like Les Mis is gone. Phantom's gone. Yeah, I think the big ones that are still on Broadway right now are like Funny Girl and Moulin Rouge. And Isn't um, Hamilton still? Hamilton, The Lion Book King, Book of Mormon. Those are like the big popular ones now. And then uh, the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. It's not a musical, but that's like really big, I think. At least they were pushing yeah. it really hard. Yeah, we they've got a really like cool theater. Like they've done stuff to the outside. And I'd be I'd be interested to see it. I just... I've, I think it's like you have to go to two showings, either like a matinee showing and then a like night showing or one go to the first half of one night and the second half another night or something. I think they have condensed it now, so it's only one night. Oh, really? Yeah, I just, I have zero interest in seeing it, but I would see it because you want to. I like, I read the but... book um, a couple years ago and it, uh, it was okay. I didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, I, I it just heard... like was weird and not, and like had weird like canon issues but like i didn't really have a problem with that i just had a like it wasn't really like engaging and it didn't really feel like harry potter it felt more like fan fiction than anything i heard it ruined a lot of like the characterizations that they gave um for like the characters in harry potter but like the reason i'd want to go see it on stage is i like i've heard that the the lighting the effects the props the like everything they do to make the magic come to life in the theater makes up for the lack of story or the holes in the you know the the book like ten times over, and I yeah. that just like seems super cool. I think they they have like dementors like flying in the theater. Okay, that's pretty dope. And and so I would love to just like go experience that. That just sounds so cool. Okay, maybe next time because you know there will be a next time. Oh yeah, <laughs> like for like. I already have our tickets booked for next week. Oh, really? Yeah. I just figured you could drop out of school and we could be full time, <laughs> like travel back and forth to New York people. Oh, that would be nice. Except I need a job to pay for us to go back and forth. You know how there's like people who make a living out of being like Disneyland vloggers or like influencers? Or like, just... yeah, travel vloggers. Yeah. But like even specifically like on TikTok, I there's a couple of people I've seen pop up where they are at Disneyland every day basically and they're just making videos going to disneyland and they you know make a living off of that just like that's so wild going to disneyland every day and making videos and vlogs and and stuff what a life it'd be super cool to like be able to do that like in new york city i guess that's kind of like what casey neistat did he was like a really big uh youtube vlogger in new york city oh was he the chinese guy no like the white guy wait i don't know what's oh there's i don't know what Casey Neistat's ethnicity is? No, I'm th- probably thinking of someone else. There was another guy who was white, but he spoke really good Chinese. And he also spoke really good Fujianese too. And he would go oh, Casey down- Casey Neistat's Jewish. Okay. He would go down to like um, Henry Street or um, I think like East Broadway is the big one with like all the Fujianese restaurants um, in Chinatown. And like go in and like talk to people and they'd be like so impressed over his Chinese and stuff. And I was kind of jealous because like I loved it when uh, Chinese people would like fawn over my Chinese. <laughs> yeah. It stroked my ego. So <laughs> and he just like does that on a daily basis for like his uh, YouTube vlog. So I don't know his name. 
it's like something Chinese, but um, and I never learned Fujinese, so I was jealous of that too. Yeah. So uh, the next day, we had planned on spending the day down in Brooklyn, specifically around Sunset Park, Diker Heights, because that's where we were living when we first met. Yep. Well, kind of. Like technically, technically speaking, I was still in Flushing, and you were in Brooklyn. And we kind of knew of each other and we like saw each other once. Yeah, I like I had heard a bunch of weird things about you. And so like I knew about you, but there were like weird rumors flying around like that you like did ballroom dancing and stuff like that. Well, the ballroom dancing, isn't that what Nancy told you? Yeah, I also heard you were a loser, but. Yeah, I guess like for some reason, a lot of the a lot of the people there didn't like me. So there was one person there that didn't like you. Yeah. And, kinda, and they like might have spread rumors. So yeah, and said something to everyone else, and but then those people like didn't know you, and so they like took her side. But it's, uh, I mean, we we know. I'm glad you gave me a chance at least. Yeah, I mean, I like I just kind of heard that you were like a loser and just kind of like a tool. And then when you finally moved to Brooklyn and we spent more time together, I was like, he's not actually like he doesn't come off as a tool, like. There, I guess I wasn't trying hard enough then. Yeah, you just like, I guess you didn't replace, but like there was someone there that had been living there like a little bit before you that was like a total tool. And so when you came in and you were like nothing like him, I was like, oh, like he's not like what I thought he was going to be. Like he seems pretty cool and you were somewhat cool. So, But still too annoying for you to see as a potential romantic prospect. Oh, yeah. You totally pissed me off. Well, anyway, we were heading down to Dyker Heights in Brooklyn. And we were really excited on 8th Avenue. Uh, we've talked about before on this podcast about how 8th Avenue is just lined with fish markets and Chinese bakeries. And most of the people living there come from a province in China called Fujian. And we were really excited specifically to get really cheap um, Chinese style buns from the bakeries for Those breakfast. are the shiz. The, I am telling you, they are incredible. They're the reason why I gained 30 pounds while I was living in New York. <laughs> I, when I went to Brooklyn, um, I lived on Diker Heights. I lived on 8th Avenue in Diker Heights. And uh, we there was like a couple of weeks where I just would get a bun or a couple buns from the bakery every day for breakfast because they're delicious first off, but also they're really big. And some of them Super are only cheap. like 80 cents or like and the more more expensive ones are only like two dollars. Yeah, I there was one right outside my apartment, and so there was a couple months there where I would go and I would get a it's called a pineapple bun, not because there's actually pineapple in it, just because it looks like one. I would get a pineapple bun. That's my thing. And so, anyways, we had to go back there for old time's sake and uh, get us some some buns, and they did not disappoint. But we were so after that we were planning on going down to Sunset Park, which was only it's only like. 15 blocks. It's 15 blocks from where you lived? It's like like the end of Sunset Park is like 40th Street. But you lived on... I lived on 55th. 56th. 56th, yeah. Um, okay, 16 blocks. It's 44th Street. Oh, okay. I was like, it doesn't seem like it was that far. It seemed like it was... I guess it was kind of a bit of a walk. But when you're walking everywhere in New York, it wasn't that bad. But we would go there all the time and we'd... Um, Sunset Park's kind of up on a hill... And then down at the bottom of the hill, there was a Little Caesars. And so we'd grab a pizza and then take it up to the hill. And we'd watch the sun set over um, Manhattan. Like you get you get great views of the 
I guess it's like technically like the upper bay where the, you know, the Hudson River and the East River meet, but like out into, you can see really good views of Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, but, and then all of, you know, downtown Manhattan. And we would just watch the sunset and, you know, all of the lights of the Manhattan skyline light up and it was just really, you know, really special experiences. And I just loved it so much. And I was so shocked that you had never even been to that park because you lived, you know, somewhat close to it. Right. And we would go up there sometimes for the Little Caesars that was like across the street, but we'd never go into the park. You never like go up the hill? Yeah. But we didn't get to do it that day because uh, the sky started dumping buckets. Oh. Like literally we're just standing there and all of the sudden, because you know, usually when like rain comes in, it like peters in a little bit and then it like gets really heavy. But this was like, seriously, like someone just dumped a bucket on top of your head, like they just turned the faucet on. That's like literally how fast it like started raining. Uh, and what's what's kind of funny is that all of the the fish markets on Eighth Avenue extend outside of the like storefronts onto the sidewalk, and they all have tarps kind of haphazardly draped over the the sidewalk to form these little oh what's it called like the the, the overhangs in front of like storefronts. I'm drawing a blank. Um. Not like a bodega, but like a like an awning. Yeah, like these awnings just with rope and tarp that extend over the sidewalk that, you know, cover the the fish and the crabs and everything on ice. Which by the way, the crabs are still alive and so are some of the fish. It's all things that they just like caught out of the um Long Island Sound like that day. Yeah. But I'm over six feet tall and just on average, several feet taller than most of the Fujinese people walking up and down the sidewalks. And so I have to like crouch under these tarp awnings. And when it's raining, rain pulls on top of the 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 tarp and it sags even lower. And it's already a really, really busy street. And then people are walking with umbrellas underneath. And Sydney's a lot shorter than me. So she was able to kind of weasel her way in between people. And we got like separated. Because I'm the big friendly giant trying to like not get smacked in the face with umbrellas. Uh, it was like so just like funny and awkward like situation. Just uh, brought you right back to living there. <laughs> yeah. But but since it was raining, we decided to to cancel our plan to go to Sunset Park. Yeah. So, but we did end up going to like the Brooklyn Bridge Park underneath and like walking across the Brooklyn Bridge. In um, Dumbo? Yes. Which, by the way, you are right. It does stand for Down Under the Manhattan Bridge. And I know this because I was watching an episode of Law & Order SVU and they mentioned it. So. Cool. I, yeah, my first time in New York was in high school and we took one of those like river, like ferry tours. And I vaguely remembered them saying something like that, but I wasn't like positive. And so it was just speculation when I brought it up. Yeah, no, you were 100% right. That's what it stands for. So. Cool. Yeah. That was really cool. I'd never actually like been to the Brooklyn Bridge from the Brooklyn side. So that was my first time ever walking all the way across the bridge. I'd been to the bridge, you know, two or three times, but we'd we'd get on it, walk a little bit out, take some pictures, and then walk back to the same side. But I'd never been all the way across. That was my third time across it. Okay, I'm about to pee my pants. I tried to hold it. I can't. That's okay. I'm I, I plan for this. You know, it happens every <laughs> single time, you know. I already allotted time in my schedule to accommodate for a bathroom break, but uh, it's uh, officially October now, so I think I'm legally obligated 
to sing the spooky, scary skeleton song. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul. Seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons are silly all the same. They'll smile and scrawl slowly by and drive you so insane. Um, just trying to kill a little bit more time here while Sydney is away on personal leave. How about another Halloween song for you, lovely listener? Five little pumpkins sitting on a gate. The first one said, oh my, it's getting late. The second one said, there are witches in the air. The third one said, but we don't care. The fourth one said, let's run and run and run. The fifth one said, I'm ready for some fun. Ooh, went the wind and out went the light. And the five little pumpkins rolled out of sight. Trying to think, what's uh, what's something else? Uh, what is something strange in the neighborhood? Ah, uh, who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. An invisible man sleeping in your bed. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. I almost feel like somebody's watching me. I have no privacy. Oh, I almost feel like somebody's watching me. Um, you might be, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think of Halloween songs, and I'm sure some of you might be screaming at your phone, Monster Mash, Monster Mash, you know, but uh, I will never sing Monster Mash on this podcast. I will, I will dance the, the Monster Mash, but because this is an audio-based medium, none of you will ever see it, but I... I'm sorry, but I will I will not sing. I have a moral a, a moral abhorrence to singing the Monster Mash on this podcast. I will sing it elsewhere, just not here. Okay, glad we got that out of the way. Okay, let's move on. Um, oh, I thought of a good Halloween song. Trick or treat, smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care. I'll pull down your underwear. Ah, oh, yes, a classic. Okay, I'm back. It's good to have you. Thanks. It's good to have a blanket. It's finally getting cold enough in our apartment where we need the heat again. Yeah, we like turned off our uh, fans for the first time in six months. Yeah, it's been really hot this summer and our apartment doesn't have air conditioning. So we've just been sweating the whole summer, basically. Oh my goodness. All right. Where were we? Dumbo, Brooklyn Bridge. Yes, sir. I, uh, it was like the rain kind of let up, but... It was still kind of sprinkling a little bit, but that was kind of like, it was kind of fun. And it was also the first time all s- summer that I've been somewhere where it hasn't been at least 80 degrees outside. And so it was nice to just kind of like have a nice walk over the Brooklyn Bridge in weather where I actually required a jacket. Yeah, I was so excited when I checked the forecast to see that it was going to be, you know, 60s or below. And I, so I packed some sweaters and some hoodies and it just felt, I just, I love, you know, fall weather and temperatures i just it's so it's like one you're not unbearably uncomfortable because of the the heat or the cold it's like you know a, a happy medium but also i just i feel so like i feel so cute wearing sweaters 
Well, you look really cute wearing sweaters. Oh, thanks. Fall fashion is the best fashion. Yeah. I mean, fall is just the best time. Like, plus best birthday. holidays. Both of our birthdays are in October. Yes. Best holidays. I mean, Halloween is the best. We've been so hyped for it. We've been watching like Halloween stuff. We all. planned out every like Halloween movie we're going to watch between now and October 31st. Yeah. Every single day. Got like a huge list and we've decided we have to watch something like every day. It's just the best time. And this is like a good introduction. Like get us ready for fall, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and then we went to Chinatown. Yeah. So I lived in Chinatown and this was kind of like the area that I showed Josh around. It was like really fun to be back. Uh, where I used to live. And one of the cool things that was going on is there was an Italian festival um, in the streets outside the apartment that I used to live in. So they had it all blocked off and they were like doing fun was it, things. Was and... it Mulberry Street that was blocked off? Hester. Okay. I mean, it was like a lot of them, like a little bit, like Hester was blocked off. I think Mulberry was, and so was Mott, like on the other side of Canal Street, um, like going more into Little Italy. But yeah, I mean, they had several blocks like blocked off with like cool stuff. I wish we had more time to like kind of explore that festival because that would have been like a lot of fun. But we were kind of on a time crunch because we needed to get up to the Bronx that night for a Yankees game. But we did stop to get a treat and I had my first ever cannoli, which was really good. I did not know that cannolis were a dessert item. I thought (laughs) cannolis were like like a pasta or lasagna item. And we all know how you feel about pasta. Yeah, I hate pasta, but surprisingly, I love lasagna. Yeah, but like lasagna that doesn't use ricotta cheese. Yeah, specifically, I don't like ricotta cheese. And I don't like any other type of pasta. Yeah, which is really sad because I like survive on pasta. Yeah. Like that's literally all I've had for the last two days is uh, pasta for uh, lunch and dinner. And we took the train up to the Bronx to the new Yankee Stadium to watch. It's not even like that new. It's just than like the last... 15 years, but it's not the old historic one that like Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron played in. Right. So if it's not the old Yankee Stadium, it's the new Yankee Stadium. Yeah. But I think they tore down the old one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Took the train up to the not even that new (laughs) Yankee (laughs) Stadium um, to see a Yankees versus Red Sox game. Always a solid rivalry, even when the Red Sox suck. Even though we are not Yankees fans or Red Sox fans. Yes. But if I had to choose, I would choose the Red Sox because I hate the Yankees. I I feel like if I was if we moved to New York, I would be a Mets fan. One because I lived in Flushing and uh, City Field's right there at Mets Willits Point, like one subway stop away. I could see it from Flushing. Uh, also because I feel like there's something about being a Mets fan that I like want to participate in. Specifically, like I want every excuse possible to say. It's not about the money, Spider-Man. It's about the Mets, baby. Go Mets. (laughs) Team allegiance aside, I will always uh, enjoy an excuse to go see professional baseball. Yeah, same. I. uh, It was so fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially since Aaron Judge is having like a record year this year. He hit his 60th home run the night before we went and saw them. And then he was swinging for a 61st while we were there. Yep. He was so close. <laughs> yeah, he had three at-bats. First at-bat, he struck out. Second one, they intentionally walked him. And then the third one, he hit deep uh, into the outfield. Everyone's jumping up and down. And then outfielder caught it like a foot shy 
of the the wall. Yeah, it would have been cool to see just because, you know, it's cool to see baseball history. But um, it was fun. Like every time the pitcher threw a ball, the whole crowd would boo. Yeah. (laughs) And I will say as much as I hate the Yankees, it was like a fun environment. And like they do have like fun fans to like watch baseball with. Which is interesting because I have heard from other people that don't like the Yankees that Yankee fans are the worst baseball fans. They can be annoying at times. I think I think my beef with Yankees fans is that a lot of them aren't like actual Yankees fans, especially here in Utah. Like a lot of them aren't actual Yankees fans. They're just kind of bandwagoners like cuz Utah doesn't really have um we don't really have a baseball team. Like I mean, we have the Bees, which is Triple A, and no one cares about that. But like some people yeah, we, will like some people will be fans of the Angels because like the Bees are the AAA affiliate of the Angels because of that. Some people will choose the Rockies because Denver's like probably the next closest city with a baseball team. And then, you know, most people just kind of go for the the big hitters, which are like the White Sox, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, um, kind of those teams. And so I feel like a lot of like the Yankees, the so-called Yankees fans I've like run into in Utah here, especially like don't actually know anything about the Yankees and they just want something to be like to like rub in your face, you know? And so they're like, well, the Yankees are always good. So I'll just be a Yankees fan and I'll just be like, they're the best, like, n- like nothing's better than uh the Yankees and like you all suck and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I'm a Rangers fan. We do suck. But like... <laughs> But you're not a Fairweather fan, so... But I'm not a Fairweather fan. I'm not a bandwagoner. So you're a... I am loyal to my team. So you are a baseball fandom gatekeeper, is what I'm hearing. They're not true fans. I'm just saying, if you're gonna be an asshole about a team, at least know something about it before you're a jerk. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't go around being so... Like, it's okay to be an asshole as long as you have a foundation... don't be like don't. annoyingly passionate about the team if you don't follow them, you know? Yeah. So funny. Um, like a little bit of like smack talk is fun, but it's not fun if you're just smack talking because like to smack talk, not because you actually like. Like it's are. not a team that you like super follow or really have like any loyalty or devotion to, but you're just taking advantage of the fact that that team is good and a team that you know someone else follows is doing bad. Just as a chance to like feel superior to somebody, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's tr- trashy. Like, and um, I feel like that's kind of like the Yankees fans in Utah that I've run into. Yeah. Um. What's funny is th- my parents went to a Yankees game in like 2018 or something, and they bought me a Yankees shirt. And when I was first working at UPS during like the overnight loading shifts. Like those boxes are so dirty coming, th- going through the warehouse and the conveyor belts and you're touching thousands and thousands of boxes each shift. And so you come home and your arms and the palms of your hands are just completely black. And I had to get like the heavy duty pumice soap to wash my hands after my shifts. But also your clothes just get filthy. And so I just had to wear, you know, shirts that I didn't care that just got super beat up, super dirty and gross. I just had a handful of shirts I didn't really care about. And one of them was this Yankee shirt that my mom bought me. But the the driver, one of the drivers that I was loading for every day was a diehard Yankees fan. And so he would, uh, he'd get there in the morning, you know, towards the end of my shift and he'd be setting up in his truck. And on the days I'd be wearing that, he'd be like, oh, did you see that game last night? 
or he'd be asking me about the Yankees or, you know, trying to talk to me. And I'm just like, I have no idea. Couldn't tell you a single player on the Yankees. Couldn't tell you anything about how they're doing or who they're playing against. Or uh, I had never even watched a professional baseball game until I married Sydney. And I, but I was just kind of too shy and embarrassed to like admit that to him. So I just kind of led him on for like several months. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. He's like, did you see that game? And I'd be like, yeah. And not knowing if he was going to be like excited about it or sad about it, like if it was a good game or a bad game. And then I would just kind of like mirror his reaction or like, he'd be like, unbelievable, right? And I'd be like, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will say while we were there, some guy did make the mistake of wearing a Braves shirt to the stadium and people like two sections over were like yelling at him the whole time. Like, how's the game going? And like, because they lost that night and Uh-oh. just like making fun of them. And then they did boo like the Red Sox fans as they were like walking out of the tunnel. And so, yeah, like they can be kind of crappy, but passionate fans make for a fun baseball game, especially when it goes into extra innings like the one we saw did. Especially I thought what was really cool is that like in New York's like the big city, tons of people going to the game are commuting on the subway. And so like when you leave the stadium... It's not like you're just going out to a parking lot and then you're driving away. It's like you're still with the fans and you have that like experience the whole commute home. And so like we get on the D train and it's just packed with Yankees fans and everybody's still on the emotional high of beating the Red Sox in a close game. And it was like super fun. And so that was like something that I really enjoyed that aspect of it. What I thought was funny is we like get off at, was it, did we get off at Times Square? Because I think. We were heading to Times Square to get um, ice cream that oh, night. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, our hotel wasn't at Times Square, but yeah, we um, did go to Times Square. And there was this guy that, um, just as we're getting off the train, he cu- he like stops me and he's asking me for, for directions. And I just thought it was funny because the entire car was packed with people wearing Yankees memorabilia, hats, jerseys, shirts, and, and everything that like were much more likely to be New York residents. And I was wearing a Grand Canyon baseball hat and a sweater that said Utah Valley University that I got when I started working there. Um, And like, it's just funny because to me, I would be the one that was most likely to be a tourist that wouldn't be able to give directions. And he like chose to like come to me to ask. And I just, I was like, what? It must be something about my face. I mean, they're more approachable than your (laughs) typical New Yorker. Or I just look like I know what I'm doing, which I don't get because I feel like 100% of the time I don't know what I'm doing. So the next day we got up and we went and stood in line in Times Square for like the tickets booth, you know, under the Ruby steps. Um, And we got there like over an hour before they opened, but we were like one of the first in line. Um, And we waited there to get tickets because like we mentioned before, like we really wanted to see a show again. And so we got there and we like made a list of like all the plate, like all the ones we would want to see. And we had some like really different ideas about what we wanted to see as far as like Broadway shows go. But I think like we both uh, like settled in and like agreed, okay, we'd be cool with like Little Shop of Horrors because there's an off-Broadway revival of it right now. And so we got tickets to that. Which I also didn't know really anything about it. I had seen pictures and videos here and there of like building a puppet mechanism for a giant 
like Venus flytrap plant looking thing. So I knew that in Little Shop of Horrors, there was going to be this big monster plant. And that was the only thing I knew. Um, And I was a little bit nervous because I, it was also just, I didn't know what the story was. I didn't know what the music was. And so I was nervous because I was like, I had a really good experience with Town. Don't know if I'm going to be lucky again or if it's going to just be really difficult for me to sit through. So I had never seen Little Shop of Horrors before, but I knew kind of like the general like plot. And I'd also heard like some of the music because it's like one of those classic musicals that's been around for a while. Like I feel like a lot of high schools do it and stuff like that. And so I definitely heard of it like and I thought Josh would like it because it is kind of like a silly, fun play. Dark comedy. Yeah. Um. What did we do after we got the tickets? We went to Muji. Oh, yes. And then we went to Muji. Empanada Mama's again. And then we went to Old Navy. Ah, uh, yes. Muji is the ultimate stationery store. And if I could like furnish my entire house with stuff from Muji, I would. Are you into like that? Like uh, minimalist, simplistic, like lifestyle kind of design? I like the design. I know I'm not a minimalist, nor could I ever be. As much as I like try to be, I'm like a little bit too much of a hoarder for that. But like, um, yeah, I do kind of like the aesthetic and their pens are amazing. So yeah, we went there. I There's this place that I would always go to when I lived in Manhattan called Empanada Mamas. It's like they take empanadas, but then they fill, fill them with like all these uh, different fillings like mac and cheese, tiki masala, um, like cheeseburger, jerk chicken, buffalo chicken. Yeah. And so it is really fun and delicious. Um, Pepperoni pizza. Yeah. And so I got tiki masala. Well, I got a couple of them, but I got tiki masala and we were like eating them. And then it like was very liquidy and it squirt all over me and it got on my pants and it looked like I sharp myself. <laughs> Because, you know, it's just like that right color. Mm, beautiful visual. Yeah. So we made a quick stop at Old Navy, too, <laughs> so that I could uh, make myself look presentable. Oh, yeah. And then, like, we were, like, running, though, because, like, we got the empanadas and then we had to, like, run to Old Navy. And then, like, I, like, changed in the dressing room and we were, like, running over to the uh, to the theater. Because there was no, they told us there was no late seating whatsoever. Right. So if you don't get in... On time, you have to wait until halftime. Not halftime. <laughs> you have to wait till intermission. Sorry, it's football season. I've been watching too much college football. Um, yeah, you have to wait until intermission to go in, and so, and then at that point, it's like, what's the point? Like you missed the whole first act. Yeah. So, um, but we made it, and I had like I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I knew a little bit of what to expect, but um, it was really good. I was. I was uh, pleasantly surprised with it. Yeah, I really loved it. Um, I thought there was one actor specifically who played the dentist character, but he also played every single side character that would come on for like one scene. And he just, every time he came on stage for playing a different one of those, he would have a completely different characterization, a different accent, different mannerisms. And it was all so like caricaturized. It was so funny. He stole like every scene that he was in for me. And I I was dying laughing every time he did anything. Yeah, it was really fun. They did such a good job. Um, and it, it like definitely wasn't Hadestown because I think Hadestown had like that emotional weight um, and like left a bigger impact on you. But this one was still like so much fun to watch. 
And the um, guy who played Seymour looked exactly like Steve from Blue's Clues. Yeah, he did. In like the dorkiest way possible. It like worked really well. What's funny is um so we talked we we just said how we like we're planning all of these movies to watch for Halloween season um, between now and October 31st. And we are like scrolling through every streaming service that we have just to see like if they put together Halloween collections. And I, was it was HBO Max that had like the tarot, the tarot cards. cards. Yeah. So they have like these tarot cards. And I was like, oh, Josh, should we pick like one of these? And um, where you pick a card and then it just like picks it, uh, something to watch for you. Yeah. So I picked the fool because they're all like halloween themed so i picked the fool and it flipped the tarot card and it was little shop of horrors the movie with rick moranis and steve martin and yes and we're like okay i mean we just saw the the musical and this would be fun yes and so we just watched that today (laughs) yeah and i liked the way that that movie ended better than i liked the way the play ended really yeah i the fact that they like got their happy ending with like a little bit of a twist was yeah Nice, because in the play, everyone dies. Like, yeah. Sorry if that's a spoiler for you, but everyone dies. <laughs> I don't know if it's that way for because the the musical that we saw was it was based. Let's see if I can get this right. It was a musical revival based on like I don't know if it was loosely based or like verbatim based on a, a different earlier musical that was based on this movie that itself was based off of an off Broadway musical that was based off of a book or a movie or or something so it was like several different like versions and so i don't know if what the typical ending is or if the ending of the musical we saw is even the same as other versions but right but everyone like yeah everyone that got eaten including seymour and audrey one turned into parts of the plant right i think like the way they did it in the movie made more sense than the musical though because like in the movie like Audrey she's not like drunk but she's like delirious or like something like just not like has a bad headache and is like sick and just like not like thinking straight and like falls into the plant instead of like being lured like she uh was no in the movie the plant like seduces her basically right right and so i'm saying like it made more sense in the movie where like like she gets like lured back to the shop by the plant instead of just like falling in there like delirious by accident because i was like oh yeah this is weird like she's not like drunk like she's like kind of sick they're making this weird explanation for it and then she like dies even though like seymour saves her which like kind of doesn't make sense too but i don't know it was just and, did, and she was like, please just like feed me to the plant, which was like weird too. But yeah, um, I did like, even though the, there was like the happy ending in the musical or in the movie compared to the musical, I I think I still liked the ending in the musical just because there was, or not specifically the ending, but I think I liked the stage musical adaptation more because there, I feel like there was a lot more musical numbers and th- things that I enjoyed that were either cut or weren't part of the movie. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. I just, I think there were some things that they like were able to like tie up nicer in the movie that they didn't in the musical. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways. After the musical, didn't we walk back and get ice cream from the same place again? Yes, we did. Because (laughs) I'm a whore for ice cream. It's, It's just funny because it was also the second time that we had Empanada Mamas. We like also had that for dinner before we went to the Yankees game. And then the next day we ran into a different location 
and decided to have it for dinner again. They're and then just also that had good, ice cream though. from the same place again. So Empanada Mama's is just that good, though. So um, that last day in New York, we flew out that night. Um, so we only had a half day. Right. So we went to the Statue of Liberty, which is something that both of us have done before. But we this time we got pedestal tickets. So we were able to go up into the pedestal and look out and see the views of the city. And I think that's where it just really solidified for us. Like, this is where we need to move back. Yeah. Um, but that was just incredible. Absolutely beautiful. Loved it. And then it was your first time going to Ellis Island, right? Yes, it was. Um, it was closed when I went. And so that was kind of cool, but I don't know. I felt like we kind of like sped through Ellis Island and didn't like stop that much Yeah, because we had other stuff to get to. Like uh, we had to stand in line for an hour to get lunch because... Yeah, what? Oh my gosh. Okay, so there's this little hole in the wall place that I used to go to to get cha shao fun when I was living in Manhattan. Which is like Chinese barbecue pork. Right. It's like barbecue pork over rice. And you get like this little box for $4 and it is... Packed full of food, so delicious. Um, I absolutely loved it. And we used to go there all the time. And like, yeah, it would be busy sometimes, but oh sorry. Yeah, it would be busy sometimes, but like five people max on like busy days. And they like they take the pork and like chop it up in front of you and then like put it over the rice and stuff. And it was just this little gem that I loved. Well, I moved back home. Well, I moved away from Manhattan in 2018 and like went to like Connecticut and Brooklyn. And then I came home and while we were home, they, it blew up on TikTok and then it got like a feature on Insider and it like really blew up and now everyone wants to go there. And so there's this huge line all the way down the corner and it did not used to be that way. And it was kind of sad because I was like, oh, like now everyone knows about this place. Yeah. So we waited in line to get it, but it was amazing as always. I just was like, like it was good cha shao for me. And like, I don't know, it might be better than like the other places that I would get it from in Flushing or Brooklyn. Um, this is but... what I'm saying about how you always poop on the stuff that I like. No, I'm not pooping on what you like. I'm getting to my point, which is that there are lots of places that are similar that like do the exact same like style of like cha shao and i don't like thinking back i don't know that i could like definitively say what's better or not but it's just funny to me that this one specific one blew up and became famous and so everybody goes to that specific location to line up when there are hundreds of places that serve that the exact same dishes like all throughout new york I think the difference, though, is that, like, they're not in Manhattan, and I don't know if there's another place that does good cha shao like that place does in Manhattan, because I certainly didn't see any when I was, like, walking around and stuff. Like, that was really the only place I saw that, like, did it, besides if you go down on, like, East Broadway, but the food on East Broadway can be kind of, like, mediocre and is, like, very hit and miss sometimes, so we didn't, like, go down there very often to eat, but... So I think that might be the difference. It's just that it might be like the only place that does it in Manhattan because I didn't really see it anywhere else. Gotcha. But I saw it in like several places um, when I was living in Brooklyn. So yeah, I don't mean to like yuck your yum or, you know, try to make you feel bad for really, really liking something that I don't think is good. That's That wasn't my intention at all. I was just like, it was just very, very strange to me seeing how many people were lined up for it. Right. They it was funny though, because... 
the the one guy behind me was like telling his group of friends about it sounded like he had taken like a semester of Chinese in college or something <laughs> and so felt like he knew everything about Chinese culture or history or cuisine or or whatever and then his friends would be like oh that's interesting and they'd ask him like clarifying questions or ask for specifics and he, then he'd just like uh and then would just like bs stuff <laughs> um and I, I thought that was like annoying but also kind of funny that i could tell his friends were like kind of starting to call him out on some stuff that he was like overconfident in oh that's funny i totally didn't hear that oh yeah and uh and then i just like that's like part of the reason why like we walked in and i just immediately like ordered in mandarin yeah and <laughs> and I like did it a little bit loud so that the, the the white guy behind me could be like, oh, there's a white guy in front of me that actually speaks Mandarin this whole time. Yeah. I'm not the coolest person in this life. Which was funny because like there were like actual Chinese people ahead of us, but they were like their English was also very good. And you, you and I both kind of ordered in. Well, you and I both like spoke in Mandarin while we were in there. And um, like they turned around and they're like, wow. Like, she, like, whispered to the guy she was with. She's like, their Chinese is so good. Did you hear it? <laughs> like, they both ordered in Mandarin, which is, like, really funny. Um, she said it in English. Um, it was really funny, which, you know, I think is, like, kind of a funny stereotype because, you know, a lot of people don't expect white people to speak Chinese. And if they do, it's, like, because they have, like, a Chinese partner or something. But for two, like, for a white couple to, like, both speak Mandarin, like, well enough to be like to like have a conversation uh to have like a good conversation i think like really kind of subverts people's expectations and was just kind of funny yeah i just was a little bit prideful because that that guy from texas behind me it just seemed like his attitude was like oh we're all in line for this really popular place because they saw it on the internet but i like brought us here because i took a semester of Chinese and I know So I know everything. <laughs> I know what I know what like it is or or whatever or or something. And it was just kind of like a semi prideful moment to kind of one up him and be like like not even like look at him or say anything to him, but like kind of like a humble brag, like I'm actually fluent in Mandarin. So Yeah, because I could not have ordered uh in Mandarin after my first semester of Chinese for sure. Um What's what do we do after that? Oh, after that, like um, usually on trips, we'll spend a lot more time looking for souvenirs or picking up things from gift shops, like everywhere we go. But this time there was not really like, like we did hit the, a souvenir type shop in, um, Chinatown, specifically looking for like cute New York sweaters or, or something. And then we did some shopping at Muji and Old Navy in Times Square, but not specifically for souvenir stuff, just cause we needed pens or and then you needed the new pants um but on our way to new york i thought there is one souvenir i want because all through high school and um for like three years after high school my favorite shirt was this really really soft t-shirt that was the perfect shade of blue that i like just made me feel super comfortable and confident wearing and it was very soft and it was a souvenir t-shirt for the tonight show starring jimmy fallon from the nbc store at the rockefeller center but i got it when i was like 16 or 17 and so like it doesn't fit me anymore i'm no longer like a size medium 
And so I haven't like been able to wear that shirt for several years. And so I was like, I would love to just go back there and get a new shirt in a bigger size. And so that's what we did after um, we had lunch at Wafung. We uh, took the subway up to Rockefeller Center specifically just to go into the NBC store and buy that shirt. I also got some SNL stickers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good time. And then after that, it was pretty much time to like head to the airport. So We did go to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Oh, yeah. Cathedral. We did go to St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Cathedral, which was really cool because I've never been to a cathedral before. And I never stopped by St. Patrick's while I was living in Manhattan. Um or even Rockefeller Center for that matter. But um, it was really cool too because I took a class this summer where we talked about like Gothic architecture and um, kind of like the purposes of like each of the um, architectural things in the cathedral. And so it was cool to like actually like go and see that, um, not to mention like just see uh, like more of the Catholic faith and how they worship. And oh my word, the stained glass windows, they were so gorgeous there. Oh, yeah. So that was like really fun. But after that, it was time to leave. So we skedaddled on out of there. Yes. But our airline did not skedaddle. Oh, yeah. We got delayed indefinitely with no chargers in JFK. And my phone was like basically dead. So I'm like texting my parents like because, you know, they live close to the airport and they were supposed to pick us up. And I was like, just uh, check the website. Um, Hope we get there when we get there. Like, like our flight. When we were waiting in line for the Chash Alpha and we had gotten a ticket or gotten an email saying that our flight had been delayed by an hour. And then when we like got to the airport um, and like the time that our flight was supposed to be taking off, like the delayed time, they were like, uh, so the plane's not here yet that you're like going to be on. <laughs> yeah, they it the plane was delayed from the previous like airport departure. And so it wasn't even there. And they had no ETA. Yeah. So that was fun. But we got home eventually. Um, yeah. And then I got to spend time with, you know, my family and my mom. Who but did... specifically the cats. The cats. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I tried to help out my mom. She got put in the ER for the second time in six months from her job. So, you know. That's what you get when you're a crocodile handler. Yep. It's just uh, workplace hazards. How it goes. Tell her she needs a new job. She's not actually a crocodile handler. <laughs> I wish. That would be so cool. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah. But um, yeah, she's all right in case you're wondering, but <laughs> at least she doesn't need surgery this time. But um, yeah, we like spent 12 hours with the cat like on our lap. So yeah, the poor kitty had like a little kitty cold. And so usually they are not that cuddly. And they'll, this one cat in particular, I like to pick up and annoy and he'll let me pick him up. But then after you know, 10 minutes, he'll get restless and try to get away from me. But he just was feeling so sick that um, he just came and like jumped up on our laps and then just like cuddled with us like all night till the morning. Yeah, no, I'm not joking when I say it was 12 hours. Like it actually was like 12 hours and we would just, you know, pass him back and forth for a few hours until we went to sleep. But I was just thinking like it was such a, it was kind of a full circle moment that um, we came back to him it was the first time I went to New York with my mom. Um, so that summer after I moved back from New York, I fostered a, a litter of kittens and their mother. And so there was one mom and there were four little boy kittens. And um, there was someone in my neighborhood who was like in charge of the fostering program and they had like more litters than they had fosters. And that, like I had the summer 
And so I volunteered and it was so much fun. I loved having kittens around again. Um, you know, we took care of them, raised them up. And at that point, they were about four months old when I had left with my mom to New York. And I, as I left, like it was time for them to be adopted. And so they were going to events and stuff. And so I basically said goodbye. I didn't think they were going to be there when they got back, when I got back. And then, you know, I think one of them got adopted out while I was gone, but the rest were still there. And my mom and my parents ended up adopting two of the kittens from the litter. And that was... Because your younger sister loved them so much. (laughs) I mean, they are really cute, though. Like, I... I have to say, the one that snuggled with us, he was one from the litter. His name is Minx. He has a little lazy eye. He's a little gray tabby. And he's probably my favorite cat that my parents have. They have four. And he was the one that chilled with us that whole time. And so it was kind of fun that, like, after I got back from New York this time, I got to hang out with, like, the little foster kitten that I thought was going to be gone uh, when I went to New York for the first time. But he was there waiting for me, and it was a good time. And then you had, like, a little girls' party where you guys did your nails, and I had a little boys' party with your dad, and we watched the first three episodes of Andor. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, actually, my nails are still pretty intact from that night. Like You did, like, a really cool pattern on them. Yeah, so my sister got like a gel art kit for her birthday, and so we were kind of doing that. And I was like, I'm gonna like try some like gel art. And so I like did this like I did this like floral pattern, which is really easy with like bobby pins and stuff. But like it doesn't look super great because I chew my nails super short. That's why I paint them so I avoid chewing them. So well, I think we're at two hours. So yeah, I went on some tangents. <laughs> Sorry, babe. That's not. I think we both went on tangents. Um. One of your tangents was a trip to the bathroom. So, I mean, that was only your fault. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Let's go ahead and wrap up. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Thanks for Participating. I am Sydney and this is Josh. And once again, we'd like to thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Josh underscore is underscore rich and at Dip Your Chicken. You can find our podcast on Instagram and TikTok at TFP underscore pod. And you can find us on Twitter at TFP underscore show. You can also support the show by ordering some podcast merch. The link will be to our T Public store will be in the show notes. Be sure to check it out because we have some really cool stuff on there, including Sage the Dog, who is our unofficial mascot. You can send mail to participating.podcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please rate and review the show on iTunes slash Apple Podcast slash Spotify, and it will earn you a shout out in the next episode. Our cover art is by Vaishon Brandon at Vaishon Designs on Instagram. Our music is by Mitch Fry. You can find him at firefry underscore on Instagram and Mitch Fry Music on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, everybody. It really means a lot to us uh, that you guys tune in to our shenanigans. Um, I was going to say week after week, but uh, every other week after every other week. (laughs) I was just about to jump in and say that. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed your show. And as always... Thanks for participating. And thanks for not feeding the plant. (laughs) If you know, you know.